So I invite everyone to rise, either in body or spirit, as we read our text. Our text comes from Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 27. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, do we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Go away from me, you who behave lawlessly. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Let us pray together. God of creation, we come to you to center ourselves so that we might know your heart and your will that guides us when we face rainfall, flooding, and overpowering winds. God, we meditate on your word so that we may find comfort for our pain and hope for our fear. I pray that we encounter you in our time of gathering and worship, and we pray this all in Christ's name. Amen. So our text in Matthew today comes at the very end of what is known as the Sermon on the Mount. And this sermon is one that Jesus gives after gathering all the disciples around. And as many of you probably know, it's at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount that we find the Beatitudes. So blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And then after the Beatitudes, the rest of the sermon is this kind of rundown of all these different concerns that one might have about how we can live in alignment with the heart of God. And so we see Jesus talking about how we should love our enemies and how we should not stay angry with others. And this is where we see Jesus saying that if someone is to strike us on our right cheek, that we should go ahead and turn our other cheek towards them. This is also where we find Jesus telling us that it is good to pray in private and it is good for us to do good deeds in private so that we may do so for the enrichment of our relationship with God and so that we may not fall into the trap of finding satisfaction in other people's perception of our faith and our actions. And we can't forget that this is also where we're given the golden rule. In everything, do to others as you would have them do to you. But it is at the very end of this Sermon on the Mount where we find our text for today. And these verses can be understood as Matthew's way of kind of zooming out and explaining why all of this matters. 
So what does loving your enemies, turning your cheek, and praying in private have to do with the big picture? And so we see Matthew evoking this kind of eschatology, or in other words, his understanding of what is true even beyond what we can fully understand in this life. And so the text says, only those who do the will of God will enter the kingdom of heaven. And so what is being asserted here is that when we encounter Christ, we are become a transformed people of faith. And that transformation can be witnessed through our actions. And so to respond to Christ's call on your life is a response made through action. We humans, and I'm specifically calling myself out right now, but as a seminary student, but I know all of us, we tend to view ourselves as vital to the process of intellectualizing our theological beliefs. But this check, this text today really challenges us to see that at the end of the day, how we embody our faith through our actions matter. Or in other words, our actions truly reflect our faith. In the book, The Active Life, by Parker Palmer, he writes, Action is like a sacrament, because it is the visible form of an invisible spirit, an outward manifestation of an inward power. But as we act, we not only express what is in us and help give shape to the world, we also receive what is outside of us and reshape our inner selves. Christ's calling on our lives is a call to action. And many of us know that there are certain parts of our faith that we may struggle to articulate with words, but that we can really begin to uncover through our embodied and daily and even mundane living. And if we can learn to sort of shift our attention to our actions and see them as the locus of our faith, we can also see that we are being shaped and formed by the ways that we encounter Christ through others, in relationships and in our communities. And this is partly why it is so important that we are listening to and lifting up the voices of those who are marginalized, why it is so important that the voices of black and brown, queer and trans people in our communities who are speaking about the harm that is happening are listened to. And this is also why we learn from liberation theology, womanist theology, mujerista and queer theology, because it is through the image of God that is bared by all people and is expressed through experience and through differing perspectives that we learn about who God is and what God is doing. And it is important that we are not just listening and learning but that we are also allowing ourselves to be changed by the people around us. That we allow ourselves to be formed in community. And that we be knit together as people who fight against all forms of oppression. Because we know that no one is free unless we are all free. So what do we do? 
What do we do when those in power in our country are taking actions that harm people, that deny the inherent dignity of all people, and that restrict people's ability to pursue life, liberty, and happiness? What do we do when there are people who affirm these harmful actions as the will of God? We respond. We respond by asserting that all people are created and loved by God, and that we will continue to resist in a fight against all oppression present in our communities. We respond by saying that our bodies are sacred and holy, and that we are not free while women, who people, with, while women or people with uteruses do not have the right to make decisions about their own bodies. We respond by saying that we are called to love and care for creation, and we are not free while we do not have the means to protect the earth. We respond by saying that we are called to care for the vulnerable, and that we are not free while we cannot keep children and educators safe from gun violence. And we respond by continuing to allow our actions to be oriented towards Christ and grounded in community and in our love for one another. And finally, we respond with hope. Hope that comes from the knowledge that what is being built in contradiction to God's will, in contradiction to God's love of all of creation, is indeed being built on sand and will indeed fall. Even when those who built it proclaim to have done it in the name of God, and because we know that what, it, what is being built in accordance with the will of God will be built on rock, we will continue to respond to our faith with action by showing love to the poor in spirit, clothing those who are naked, feeding those who are hungry, affirming those who have had their dignity unaffirmed, taking in ones who have been pushed out, and by refusing to accept any form of oppression against God's people. And so we continue, not because we know everything is going to turn out just fine, but because we are a people of hope, a people who are tied to one another, and a people who show the love of Christ, even in the midst of our fear. Amen.